You'll notice we're in the entryway to our sanctuary here on our Shea campus. These doors mark a, a passing, a threshold from this entry area, this narthex, into the sanctuary proper. Now, these narthexes are used in, in, you know, as lobbies or gathering places or even as places of preparation uh, at different times throughout the church here when we're celebrating important and significant days. One of, the, one of the, the, the most common ways this is used as a preparation area is when uh, we want to process into worship as, as the leadership of the service, as the, maybe all three pastors are in the worship service. And so we walk in from the back together, we process in, and we do so after staging ourselves here in the narthex, in the lobby. And as we look at Palm Sunday, we recognize that it's kind of a entryway, it's a lobby, it's a narthex into Holy Week, the week where we celebrate the different pieces of Jesus and of his life in preparation, celebration, and acknowledgement of Easter Sunday, his victory over death. So we find ourselves in this entryway. We find ourselves in this place where we're setting the stage for Jesus' celebration victory where we're getting ready to welcome him into the city of Jerusalem along with those people who were there on Palm Sunday, that very first Palm Sunday. But then we will end up finding ourselves shouting crucify him along with them on Good Friday. So as, as we get ready to celebrate Palm Sunday together, I don't want to jump straight into the end of Holy Week, but it's important for us to spend a little bit of time here So we're going to be in John chapter 12. I want to read to you a little bit of the picture of Palm Sunday, but then what happened after it. And it's what happened after it that I want us to focus on specifically in this service. Listen to John chapter 12. The next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down the road to meet him. They shouted, praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the King of Israel. Some Greeks who had come to Jerusalem for the Passover celebration paid a visit to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee. They said, Sir, we want to meet Jesus. Philip told Andrew about it, and they went together to ask Jesus. Jesus replied, Now the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am. And the Father will honor anyone who serves me. These selected verses from John chapter 12 give us a picture of that Palm Sunday experience. Maybe it's not the same familiar picture where we get the details of the coats being laid out on the road in front of the the donkey. Maybe it's not the same picture where we hear about the Pharisees who are conspiring against him. But what it does show us is the view of Palm Sunday from the eyes of an outsider. In the middle of that reading, you heard there were some Greeks who were in Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. In other words, there were some out-of-towners who came for the significant holy day to worship and to celebrate. It's almost like, I don't mean to parallel these two things, but it would be like going to New Orleans to celebrate Mardi Gras, right? Or going to Washington, D.C. to celebrate Independence Day. Going to the places where there is significance in the tradition and the celebration of these days. Out-of-towners often travel. 
But if you've ever been on a tourist trip or you've ever been a part of something uh, and you're, you're the one from the outside and you recognize there's a huge commotion going on, a huge celebration going on, you want to know what that is. You want to know what the big commotion is. And then say you were there in Jerusalem and you're from out of town, you're from across the Mediterranean Sea, you hear this commotion happening and you realize that the person at the center of it is Jesus. And so something triggers you and you say, you know what, I want to meet Jesus. That's what the Greeks who are mentioned in this reading are going through. They were experiencing that fear of missing out or FOMO, maybe you've heard it called. It's a part of our human nature. Maybe not the same way for all of us, but each of us has a trigger in us where we need to know what's going on. Maybe for you it's a sporting event or a trade happening between an athlete and his agent. Maybe for you it's a business deal. Or maybe for you it's politics. You want to know what's happening. You want to know what's going on. You don't want to miss out on the commotion, on the celebration, on the party, on the action. And as we dig into what that means a little bit more, I think as we kick around the idea of the fear of missing out, we realize that it reflects something about us as people. We are created to have full relationships, communication and friendship and care for other people. And in that kind of relationship, you're never worried about missing out on something happening in that person's life. You're never worried about missing out on an important event because say you're an uncle or an aunt, you're going to be at the first birthday party. You're going to be at important family events. You're not going to miss out on anything. We're created for relationships that don't have things missing, that don't create questions in us. We're people that strive for deep, meaningful relationships with others. We see it especially in our families. But I think, too, in, in, our, in our closest friendships, we see a picture of what life was, was designed to be like by God, where our relationships guide us into not missing out on the important things happening in life. Whether it's an important sporting event or an important personal day or personal achievement, we are created with this fear of missing out. That is, it it betrays the truth that we are created for meaningful relationships. And we recognize that when we recognize that we are created for meaningful relationships, it gives us an an insight into the nature of God. You see, if, if we want to know what's happening, cut that out for a second. You see, if we want to know what's happening, if we want to know what's going on, we want to know what's most important and meaningful in life, that inclination must have come from somewhere. And I'd like to attribute it to two things. One, God made us for those meaningful relationships. And two, we have an innate sense of knowing that something's missing, something's broken, something's off. And as we go through life, trying to find that meaning in life, trying to find that significance in life, trying to find the truth that transcends all other truth, that ties us together as people, that binds us together in meaningful relationship with others. We're searching for the meaning of life. We don't want to miss out on what life is all about. A sad realization does come over us. We start to realize as the more life that we live, the more things that we try, the more thinking that we do, the more books that we read, our incapability to achieve that total truth, that understanding of the way things work, it's it's impossible to achieve on our own because the reality is the answer to that question is that God is the one who binds us together. God's love is what ties us into these meaningful relationships that we feel the need for. But unless we are in accord with His Word and following His promises and trusting in His His instructions and doing what He tells us to do, 
Not so that he would reward us with that meaning, but because that's the way we were made to be. If we don't have that, we're never going to get to the place where we're not missing out on the true life that God has designed for us. I know that maybe seems like a lot we're pulling just from this little story where some out-of-towners want to know what's going on with Jesus and the Passover. But even that little glimpse gives us a picture of the fuller human experience. We are made not to miss out. But the sadness is we are incapable of assuring that we won't miss out on our own. But again, we find ourselves here in this lobby, in this narthex. We find ourselves in this place that's setting the stage. As we read through the biblical narrative, as we come across the stories of Jesus and the people that were trying to follow him, it sets the stage for a realization that's going to take place over the next seven days with us. Worship today and then a a special Easter weekend worship event on our digital platforms uh, on, on this coming Easter weekend. The realization, the celebration, the culmination of all these things in the truth that we are created with this fear of missing out. We want to know what the truth about life is. We want to find and reach out and connect with God. We know we can't do it on our own. And suddenly the victorious realization comes upon us because we know that God wants to meet us too. God doesn't have a fear of missing out, but he has a commitment. He has a love. He has a desire not to miss out on what's happening in our lives. Like a a parent who cares for his children, like a coach who cares for his athletes, like a manager who cares for his employees, God is invested in the lives of his people. And he sent Jesus to establish a connection, to lay the foundation for the relationship that God created us to have with him. A relationship that eradicates the fear of missing out. That totally takes away the worries we have that we might not know exactly what's going on. We might not see all the pieces of the action, all the game pieces on the board. We're afraid of missing out. We always want to know what's going on at the core, at the heart of things. And God has sent His Son to bring us into an intimate connection relationship with Him. We want to meet God, but we can't do it on our own. What a joy it is to understand and to hear and to realize that God sent Jesus to meet us. The fear of missing out that we have isn't just a a betrayal of the sin that we have, but it shows us a piece of the character of God. We were created for these relationships. The Greeks in the story said it well. We want to meet Jesus. Here at Shepherd. We are leading people to follow Jesus. Our mission is to lead people to follow Jesus, to bring people into a connection where they meet Jesus. You hearing the joy that is in those words? God calls us to be a part of extending his relationship to others. They want to meet Jesus. We want to meet Jesus too. The difference is we know he has come to meet us. And when we know Jesus, we can spread that good news with others. Palm Sunday, God rides into the city of Jerusalem. Jesus sitting on a donkey. He's received by the crowds. We know the irony that some of those crowds will be there shouting for his death at the end of the week. But picture this for a moment. The Son of God comes to the city where people from all over the world have gathered together. Jesus paints a small picture of the global reality of his love. 
He comes into a city filled with all kinds of people, including outsiders, people who had no idea what was going on, who had a fear of missing out, and he wanted to meet them. The time was coming where God was drawing all people to himself. Jesus meets us, and we can bring him with us to meet others. Happy Palm Sunday. Amen.